0: we're back
1: yay um yeah i feel like we've been i don't know we probably haven't been that long apart but i feel like we have in that
0: basically we should never go on vacation ever again because the
1: yeah it's fucked up with our with our life cycle
0: yeah our life (laughs) life cycle has never been the same
1: yeah but i also have seen a lot of shows recently same ish yeah. Yeah. I saw... Um, what did you I see I saw there? the flick. The flick. Oh, word. How yes. was that? It was really depressing. Ah. And, but also really good, but in the end really depressing. Go see it, guys. And um, <clears throat> and then they also saw Cuddles. Cuddles. Which is about a woman hiding a vampire in her attic. What? But in... Like, there's like a spoiler alert that it's like not really a vampire and mm. it's actually the fruit of her loins. What? Who actually like drinks her blood and like is 100% convinced that she's a vampire. Sorry, guys. But actually, I think it ended like on Monday. So, so, <laughs> so whatever. Sorry, no spoilers. But I... she eats a tampon on stage. Like
0: an actual tampon?
1: Like a prop tampon, but like a bloody tampon. She like eats it like a popsicle.
0: Oh, they go there, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> I guess we've, I've read a lot of, like, Edward Cullen, like, you know, eating tampons, like, you know, it's jokes. Oh, fan like, fiction? On, no, I have not read a single Twilight fan fiction. Okay. I haven't even read Fifty Shades. I'm really proud of myself there. But, um, <sighs> but, like, you know, joking, like, oh, Edward, like, totally, like, eats your tampons or whatever. Um, so I saw The Tempest. Yes. Shakespeare in the Park. Mm-hmm. It was, I was in the park watching Shakespeare. That was very nice. Period. Period. End of story. End of story. I actually really want to see the Julie Taymor movie now. Um, yeah. I want to see Prospera be a bad bitch.
1: Yeah. I want to see Ben Whishaw be a bad bitch too. Oh, he's in it? <laughs> yeah, is he the
0: a fairy. Ariel. Of course he is. Of course he does. I just love him so much. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm really... Well, the Ariel in this production was... Fantastic. He was, like... Anyone? No. I don't remember his name, but he was really good. He just... He he obviously had, like, a dance background, so his physicality was, like... It wasn't annoying in the sense that sometimes, like, like in The Visit, you just have these two actors who dance, and they're just dancing around. You're like, the fuck? (laughs) You're like, we're just gonna add a stylistic thing. It's like, no, this was, like... It was just, you know, part of his movement. He was just very, you know floaty and and he just had this very like awesome voice like he just sounded like a character you know just you know and he had like this cute little lisp and i just i just i just thought he was adorable yeah i just want him to like do my bidding all the time and i would send him free too yeah like it wouldn't like you know i wouldn't like abuse but he he was like just the best personal assistant ever like he got shit done he was <laughs> timely and he was loyal and he was just adorable i, I thought he he had a great performance, but yeah, it was fun. It was super fun. I was really lucky to get a ticket, and I saw Hedwig for the fourth time. Yay! I saw uh, Darren, Chris, and Rebecca Naomi Jones. What was what was your
1: impression of um, the new Tadzex poster?
0: Oh my god! Okay, guys, just pull my seat forward if you didn't hear that. So here's my thing. <laughs> I actually I was gonna make this into like a blog post, but it felt like. It felt exploitative. like I mean, in you the can m- still. All right, all right. Are you sure? Because it's literally going to be like what I say now, but like in text form. It's going to be like under, like, it's going to be like
1: 40 words. There are some people who are deaf
0: and will be watching The New Spring Awakening. Are you trying to say that so they would want to read my blog post instead of listen to a podcast? Yes. That makes sense. I. makes sense.
1: Tangent, but i did it right away i
0: didn't e- i said it and then i
1: immediately regretted it
0: and no 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 we'll go back we'll go forward and we'll go back okay so <laughs> actually i'm really excited about this because i i saw the i saw um promo video from it um that it was like it was in california I think. oh this spring awakening yeah and okay. it was a revival of the production that was in last year and they did again this year and christa rodriguez was ilsa yeah and they had um they have a cast of both hard of hearing, deaf, and um, hearing um, actors, and um, the Wendla in this production is deaf. So they and there's a couple of other characters that are played by deaf actors. So their singing parts are sung by uh, other actors that are just portraying their voice. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. So there's two actresses playing Wenla in this instance. So and the singing actors are off stage, or they are, they are off- on stage singing.
1: Are they doing anything? Are they like doing any choreography? What
0: or? I saw from what I saw from like the like performance excerpt Bummer. that they had yeah. basically the actors are like doing their thing in the front and then like the voice character actor is just off to like front side singing, just performing it. Okay. Just singing. So like you could kind of in the same way that a lot of like musicals have like the band or the orchestra on stage and they're playing, so you see them. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can also just focus on the action. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's wonderful. I've always been a proponent of making plays accessible to all sorts of audiences. I've been a I think that every Broadway production should have an autistic. You know, night. All right, maybe not every show. Like, obviously, like Hands to God probably shouldn't, because <laughs> you know, usually these are for like children, autistic children, and not, you know, uh, what have you. But I, I just, I, and I think that you know, this hard of hearing production would be a great step. You know, just to, you know, even if there's not in the choreography, or it's not just a one night only performance, because obviously, like a deaf, a whole deaf cat. You know, you're not gonna have like, mm-hmm. you know, the whole cast of Lion King learn ASL for like one performance. Mm-hmm. That'd be a little odd. But I think that um, I just think that, you know, initiatives like this should like take place more often. I think it would be really special. Yeah. It is very special um, for 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 audience members, you know, all over yeah. the country. I mean the last hard of hearing play that we had or deaf play was The Tribes. That was off Broadway play. I think it was a year ago or two years ago. Oh, uh-huh. And it's after that's been radio silence. But on Bunch. But seriously, we should Uh-oh. have. We should have more stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Although you know, I was reading an article about it, and um, well, just it was just like a like a news like flash. This is happening kind of thing. And um, and someone was saying like, oh yeah, the fact that um, that Venla and uh, what's his face Melchior are both. Deaf, like, adds to the tragedy of their story.
0: What? Um, like, okay. Are we trying so, to, So, like, like,
1: that's not the... I think that's... What kind of a Missing the point. Bullshit? Yeah. So, I think... Uh, I'm issuing a disclaimer now. Like, nobody speak of it that way again no don't do that <laughs> yeah like that, that, that's not the way to treat no,
0: it's more um, it's just more about making <laughs> it's just more about making a story more accessible to people who don't get you know entertainment by them or for them like um my friend oh well actually let me let me like provide background cuz they,
1: they were saying that the artistic director of of the company envisioned it sort of as like some kind of calamity Struck the town, and, like, everybody's deaf. Okay. But I don't really know why that's
0: I don't see needed. how that's helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could also just be, like, for a example, boarding school for the deaf. Or, you for example, know?
0: like, when Regina Naomi Jones, she's doing, you know, Hedwig, and she's biracial, and it's not nobody, at you know, they didn't add lines saying... Oh yeah, she's a black Jew from like the Middle East, like Middle <laughs> East or whatever. Not right. from the Middle East, from um, Eastern Europe. You know they don't didn't do that. Yeah, you know they just played it like before. She's Jewish. She's a Eastern European former drag queen named Crystal Knott, and uh, uh-huh. isn't that a great? It's a, such good. Joke. I see show. Uh <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll see you with Tay we'll see you with Tay so um, I just like you know and, and, and it was you just and it's not even like just being blind it just is yeah um, I mean look at fucking Rita Ora bye mm-hmm. you know um, so and just to clarify for people who don't know who she is um she is a singer from the UK. Her um, ethnicity is Albanian, but she sings like pop music, and they've dubbed her the next Rihanna. And for most part, people think that she's mixed or black or whatever, mm-hmm. and she just looks black, but she's not. She's Albanian. And mm-hmm. Rebecca Naomi Jones looks like she could be related to her. So mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, so
1: enough now. Actually, they both have those like big eyes. Those and big that. eyes.
0: Yeah. All right. So back to. Oh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, before? yeah. Spring Awakening. So, Spring Awakening, my friend then, who's hard of hearing, uh-huh. she went to go see a Broadway show recently, and she was like, you know, I'm not going to name the show or whatever, but she was just saying, like, she was just having a hard time with the verse and the text and just hearing everything, and she felt like, you know, kind of bad and just put off by it. I was like, dude, don't you know they have hearing aids at. The, you know, for the show, and you uh-huh. just go to an usher, she's like, what, oh my god, I had no idea, I was like, yeah, uh-huh. and you know, and that's not something that, you know, is like an off-Broadway theater, uh, off-off, but you know, some off-Broadway, I think, and definitely all Broadway theaters have that, uh, oh, I accessibility, that. uh, yeah, I, I cool. yeah, so it's, I think that's like, you know, that's already, like, one step that, you know, Broadway community has taken, and, and my friend just wasn't aware of that. I mean, even YouTube videos, not all YouTube videos are closed captioned. And I'm talking, like, even, like, big-time YouTube people who, like, have millions of subscribers and, like, make money off of it. They can afford to just, I mean, doing it is free to just closed caption a video. So mm-hmm. like, these, these things are important. I mean, and theater is one of the oldest um, artistic forms. So you figure we should have a system already in place to make this for people. So I'm excited. Like I said, I didn't, I wasn't really into it too much from what I saw only because the the clip was The Word of Your Body. yeah. And that's (laughs) not my favorite song from the soundtrack. So I kind of just tuned out. So I didn't really get how, like, the sign language was being a part of the choreography because, you know, they're just sitting on the floor singing to each other. So I'm like, what ifs? But I want to see stuff, like, I want to see, like, my junk. I want to see, like, totally fucked. Yeah. You know? Well, so, yeah. All that's known. I I want to see stuff like that because that's probably going to be really more, like,
1: I just want to like make sure that everyone knows that I love word of your body, and Norma doesn't. That's and okay. This is just one thing that we have to bridge in our friendship together.
0: If I, I mean, I will extend the olive branch and I love the reprise, the, Yes, the reprise is amazing. Like, oh, hunchel, I never felt this way with anyone. Mm, I know. I just <laughs> love it. So good. So perfect. Yeah, so, that's that. Um, but yeah, going way back, 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 back to. <laughs> Hedwig? Oh, uh, yeah, it says, hey, Diggs. Oh, <laughs> Diggs. Okay, so here's my ranking of the promotional photos for Hedwig and the Angry For all you listeners at home, um, you've you ranked them? Yeah, this was going to be my blog post. This is my ranking. Oh, right. okay, yes. Yeah, so literally it not still, of the it Hedwig. This really
1: should still be a blog post now. Okay. Now that I
0: know it, there's like a visual component to Okay, like Okay, it. so here's the thing, guys. Um, if you, like, you could, like, just take five seconds right now. Just pause the podcast. Google, like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, you know, promotional photos, and you'll pretty much, like, get, like, all five Hedwigs, right? So let's start, you know, we're going to rank from, you know, best to worst. So, <sighs> no, let's do worst to best. Worst to best. Okay, so honestly, I'm sorry, Darren Chris, like, he was a wonderful Hedwig, wonderful voice, mm-hmm. acted very, did a lot of emotional work that I really was surprised to see a young person do. I don't think I could have done it. Um, but, um, his promotional photo. And here's the crazy thing. If you look at his video or if you look at other promotional photos, he looks amazing in all of them. But the one, the main one that they have, like, on posters that they sell uh-huh. and people pay money for is one where he looks like he discovered his mom's lipstick and Instagram in the same day. Uh, it's is not cute. He's, like, making this weird kissy, like, face. It's not cute. That's yeah. the worst one. That's followed by. Like, he's by, playing dress up. Yeah. That. Yeah. And not okay. even, like, cute way. Like, just you don't know what you're doing yet honey like it's like he was taken like advantage of by a whole bunch of like freelance makeup artists that are trying to build up their portfolio yeah <laughs> and this is not cute so that was him then it's followed by um i'm sorry again he was a fantastic headwig, michael C. hall uh-huh he just looks like dexter wearing lipstick like it's just like he just looks like a dude wearing makeup um uh-huh. there's just nothing else to it so, oops. And
1: then now we're Wasn't getting His his was like particularly sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like, yeah. like he had like just finished having sex and which I is probably but, to its credit, but <laughs>
0: maybe maybe it just kind of looked like maybe I'm doing this right? Uh-huh. I think I'm doing this right. I am a man wearing makeup. Uh-huh. Goodbye. And then he'll become a lumberjack in the season finale. What? Okay. Uh-huh. So then, then it's followed by um, Andrew Rannells. Okay. And the problem with Andrew Rannells is nothing really. He looks great in it, actually. The only thing is that he's just copying the same expression and pose of Neil Patrick Harris's. Uh-huh. And I think that's just because he was the first replacement of the show. Yeah. So I just think they just wanted to, you know, just... This is, you know, same show. Everything's gonna be great. Check it out. Yeah. Whatever. Headway, right? So that's just not his fault. Safety first. Safety first. Now, um, this is followed by um, the, now we're getting like really good. Neil Patrick Harris's looks amazing. He just looks really good in the, they, stuff that he's wearing, they put a like turquoise filter on the photo, so he just looks like kind of grimy and like dirty, but like glamorous. Yes. And he just wants to snatch the Tony. Like you could just see the intent in his eyes. He sees Tony Gold. He's been working hard and dieting and training and you know delving into the work and he's ready to snatch it. So he just looks fantastic. Flaw free. Definitely like he was my screensaver for like months. I loved it. Uh-huh. So then now we're going to. Uh, Tay Diggs. Who is number one on your he list. He is number one on my list. Tay Diggs is number one on my list because he looks like a Gillette ad and a MAC ad at the same time. <laughs> his face, his, like, so silky smooth. I just want to, like, dive in there and just luxuriate its softness. It's His cheekbones are, like, pop, pop, like, beautiful, lips, perfect, expression, like, fuck me. Like, he looks great. He just looks like what you want. Very aggressive, very sensual, and just everything. Glowing, Mm -hmm. everything. The photo team, the editing team just was like, luminous, luminous. And now, you notice in my ranking, I did not include John Cameron Mitchell. This is for a couple of reasons. Number one, John Cameron Mitchell is God, and he could have been literally covered in poo-poo. Like, stood up poo-poo, and he would have been the best one out of all of them. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. But the real fact of the matter is, is if you look at his promotional images, he looks like a 1995 Erdogan Stefani. Like, how? I don't know. Yes. I don't know but he uh-huh. looks perfect. Well, Actually, is, I mean
1: Is he the only one that has a wig on? in the He does. Uh-huh. He is. And
0: like because he's head wig,
1: uh-huh. like or head wig. Well, and I guess also he doesn't have
0: the recognizable face so they're just like, well let's let's yeah, make just- it This is Hedwig coming back. Like, why would we try to be, like, John Cameron Mitchell's Hedwig when John Cameron Mitchell's Hedwig? Um, So, Uh, uh he looks perfect. I mean, no shade to, like, current-day Gwen Stefani, because he looks like, actually, Gwen Stefani looks like 90s-era Gwen Stefani, because she also is an ageless vampire, but you get the idea. Yeah. Looks amazing. Not even really in the ranking, because we already know that he's on top. But, Tay Diggs, holy crap. I yeah. can't even wait. Can't even wait to see, like, his midnight radio body. Spoiler if you haven't seen How We Can Angry you, and by the end, he's just wearing, like, a little pair, of, like, black little short shorts. Yes. So, all about it. Can't wait. Let's do it. Sign me up, baby. Yay.
1: So, I forget where we were before that happened.
0: I guess that <laughs> was basically just, like, a roundup of our exciting theater life.
1: Yes. The past couple weeks. Okay. So, I, if we left any and Sun I apologize. I lost them. But let's talk about Gloria.
0: <laughs> Gloria! Because, Gloria! Am okay. I the only one who I'm like, I'm like watching the show oh my God, no, so and I hear in my head, Gloria! Gloria! The next day, I think... It was
1: Father's Day. Who sang that song? And I went to a bakery, and they were playing it in the
0: bakery. And were you I very was, disturbed? I was like inexplicably laughing. Did you think somebody was gonna come and go postal up on your ass in the a bakery? A little
1: bit, but I was mostly just like, I'm sure the baker or whatever <laughs> was like, "Why the fuck is she smiling so big?" Oh my god! Are <laughs> you
0: like, are you gonna like become her? Is no. This be like a- no, I hope not. So,
1: <laughs> so okay. So um, before we even okay, let's let's talk about the um, synopsis. Uh, so Gloria is about um, a bunch of office workers working in publishing industry and in like magazine publishing. And for the first act, you're just kind of watching these four young, like late twenties, um, editorial assistants. Um, like mouthing off on how much they hate their job and their life and their ambitions and how they're just like you know they thought this job was just gonna be a quick like post-college thing to get on their feet but but it's turned into this like you know, boring office job that they're kind of stuck in. And, um, and just, like, they're kind of just, like, brutal to one another. Like, they they have no consideration for anyone else. They are, like, lazy. They're uptight. They're, like, um, just kind of insane. (laughs) Like, clearly neurotic. And, um, and then at the end of the first act, one of the office workers named Gloria has, um goes postal and shoots up the place, and then the second act is um, all the all all the workers that we saw in the first act. Well, the ones that survived. um, They (laughs) they uh, decide to kind of like capitalize on this and um, and publish their stories and use the event to be their big break. I don't really feel like. All of them are like, ooh, like money, let's make money off of this. I think they like genuinely believe that they have something unique and like truthful to say about the event. Um, But it's like a misguided, it's very
0: misguided. I feel, I mean, well, I, I mean, I've experienced this for myself. It's just, I feel like creative people and writers, especially when something happens to them, or, I, yeah, yeah, creative people in general. I've been listening to, like, Kevin Smith's podcast, and he was talking about, like, how, like, growing up he was a little sheltered, so he didn't have, like, crazy party life experiences. And he was kind of like, well, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. what did I, what did I talk about? Like, what? You know? And I think, you know, a lot of writers are, like, waiting for that thing that happens to them. Mm-hmm. Or experiences. They wait for those experiences to really, like, get something special to, like, share, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think obviously when something like this happens, like everybody, you know, once the trauma and, you know, the grieving and all that stuff happens, I feel like all these people are like, well, I mean, this is it. This is, this is, this is a thing. This is a thing that I have to share with the world. Even though, and, and I feel like they are, they're
1: not, I mean, they're superficial in the first act, but I think they're, they're like genuinely.
0: Oh yeah. Traumatized
1: and and affected. Oh, totally. And then they see this. Opportunity. Opportunity and, and, um, but it's, I
0: think it, it kinda comes from a good place, but it kinda doesn't. I think both. I think they genuinely think that, holy shit, like yeah, I, I deserve I deserve for my story to be told. I have something important to say. Mm-hmm. You know? Like obviously like make money, but I don't think any of them are just like like cackling over it, thinking, wow, I'm really gonna like
1: I'm really mm-hmm. gonna capitalize yeah. off
0: this like tea mom style. I don't think yeah, that's yeah. what it is. I think that's yeah. what makes it even more unsettling the fact that they feel so self-righteous after the fact. I'm mm-hmm. um, like, wow, I yeah, me, 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 right? Yeah. Um, and especially the one that pissed me off the most was Kendra, Kendra's character oh, in uh-huh. the second act, because I was like, Bitch, Kendra was like there. Con- yeah,
1: she like conveniently is at Starbucks for half an hour, like yeah. in the middle of the day when the shooting
0: happens. So it's like, good sis. You weren't there. <laughs> At the end of the day, when you're not there, you're not there. You know what I mean? And it's uh-huh. like, honestly, let me be in the Starbucks. Well, kind of, yeah, I kind of know, because then, like, you kind of live with that guilt. But then again, that's me, I don't think she's, like, 100% feeling guilty about it. But, like, she didn't even do her job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even, like, when opportunity came her way, like, the in the first scene, it's funny enough, and oddly enough, in the first scene, like, a famous singer that, like, Ani, one of the office workers, oh, and I Kendra Light passed yeah. away. Uh-huh. And... You know, like, the other department was doing the features on it. So she gets all self-righteous and shit and, like, you know, starts, you know, instigating and, like, fact-checking, you know, to the other department, you know, the story about it. And as it turns out, the editor on it is her boss. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, if you, like, actually care about that singer, if you actually care about your job, why don't you just be in, like, communication with your boss? You you would have an opportunity to, like, do a piece or, Mm -hmm. you know, be a part of it. But, you know, instead you're just going about stuff the wrong, you know, in a yeah. detrimental way.
1: Um, so and in a dishonest way, like, to to your own experiences. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, dishonest to your own experiences. So, like, fuck out of here.
1: But um, <laughs> but I – so one of the things that, like, really struck me about this play was, um, like, how – well it captures office life yeah. and you know like you're you're used to plays about like artists and go in. and and musicians shut and up. like <laughs> i'm not i'm not exactly saying that but no, no, no. It's, it's just like it it's kinda, just
0: when they it's just like when sometimes like people write for the, what they know and they go a little too close to home it's like okay sis yeah like, tell us more i feel like tom Stopper's the only one who like Whenever he writes about other writers, it's like, wow, uh-huh. I feel so huh. illuminated by our work. Well, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I
1: guess I should have done research to see if um, the playwright ever worked in, like, publishing or something. Did. He actually did. He did? Okay. Yeah,
0: he worked, I think, at the New Yorker for three years.
1: Comparing it to my own office experience, especially, like, you do feel that, like, everyone is so self-interested, and only, they only care about what you have to say if you are in charge of a hiring committee who might get you your job or like if you know you're you have a, a better position than them or something like everyone is kind of just very self-seeking um, there's there's that like office drone quality of it like where you know people with ambitions and people who had passions like are now kind of stuck in this, like monotonous um uncreative job and and like you're not really seeing the end of the tunnel and um and it's it's so and then even crazier at the end of the play lauren the one of the survivors who um is sort of like the guy who uh i guess stays most true to himself and and like actually comes out of this with some kind of sensibility, um, and totally he, he even says, he says, like, um, isn't it crazy how, like, every office has, like, the same people? Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that's so true. It's true,
0: and it's <laughs> funny, I love that line, I laughed really loud at that line, it's funny you brought that up, because it actually, like, it was true in both ways, number one, yes, every every workplace is just, like, the same, and number two, because it was a cast of dumbling roles. Oh, yeah, yeah i just love meta jokes yeah no
1: Uh, that it was on purpose it was on purpose (laughs) but yeah i i feel like everywhere you know i start saying like oh my god like that person from that job is now this person in this job total twice twice everywhere (laughs) just
0: kidding
1: Uh, so norma's in publishing in, in i also own a gun she owns a gun. I'm just kidding. I don't own a She either. doesn't own a gun. She works in publishing. I do. And she can fact check the this. And I think there was a point where it mentioned about how, like, the publishing industry used to, like, they in the old days, they were, like, snorting cocaine off the of tabletops. I, I and, just like, don't think party book party publishers were...
0: Coke in it as much
1: yeah maybe But like, like it used to be more glamorous and oh, it used to oh, be like a profession that you know if you said you were in publishing it would be kind of like you know you worked on wall street or yeah you know, like a, they call a it, I mean they still call it a glamour industry and it's
0: still like I mean it has a lot of wonderful glamorous facets um but like for every like you know like like for every time that I had to go to like uh, a certain you know celebrity's dressing room which only happened once for every time that that happened for a job most of the time I'm just in my office like i most of the yeah. time just in my cubicle reading emailing faxing copying you know and like I love my job but it's just not I'm not having like martinis at like two with so-and-so like mm-hmm. every day well martinis are good though i mean if anybody wants to have a martini with me <laughs> you just contact okay. us at our you know at our twitter our facebook page <laughs> now it's the time for plugs now's the time for <laughs> can i have a drink especially if you're seeing gloria let's can we talk yeah. about the so violence this, okay the,
1: yes the violence okay so i knew going into it that there would be some kind of there violence. there will be blood. There, yes, that there would be some kind of violence, and after seeing like you know the kind of ticks and stuff that Gloria was displaying, I <laughs> suspected it was going to come from her. Um, but you didn't know, right? You you yes and no. Oh.
0: I when I when I went, I was warned. Oh, there's going to be like disturbing content at the end. Oh, of right. Uh huh. I sit down. I see the office. As soon as I actually, as soon as I walked in and I on set and I saw the office I knew it was something going postal I just knew somebody was like like I knew I knew there was gonna like somebody was gonna like something about those fluorescent lights it just really just inspires people to have a bloody rage but like there was a moment when there was like this there was a lot of tension between um Kendra the worker who like went to Starbucks and um Dean Mm -hmm. um you're like to you know like you're What's that word? You're just your typical, like, white male cipher character, you know? Uh-huh. And and they were just, like, they were going at it. Like, they were, like, heavily fighting. I was like, maybe it's, maybe Gloria doesn't go postal. Maybe, like, they're going to fuck each other yeah. up. I felt like maybe one of them was going to, like, stab the other with yeah. a gun or, or something. Or, like, you know, have, like, a straight-up fist fight, and then it was going to be a brawl and be something really, like, wild and crazy. Like, you know, like Charles Mead's like, plays or something. Like, something really, like... Almost like Gr- Grecian, like something wild, and like not orgy, but like an orgy violence. I guess I would say like people are just loser shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something really like something a little bit more high concept and you. Yeah, more. Yeah. That's where I thought I was Absolutely. gonna go. <laughs> and then it was okay. And then I heard, then I heard the screams coming off stage. And apparently, some people thought oh. that that was a party. Uh huh. And I was like, ooh, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. And I, I started to feel uh, nervous, uh-huh. but excited. But mm-hmm. also, oh, I, a little jaded because you know we, we're familiar with this conceit already. Unfortunately, way too familiar in this country with this conceit. So with mass shootings, with yeah, fucking crazy people with guns, and not even crazy people, just really just bad people. Like she comes on stage, and she shoots um, the intern. <laughs> the intern. That's not nice. She 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 shoots Miles, uh, <laughs> and then. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, like, a blood pack to the chest. He goes down. And I don't, like, mean to be an asshole. It's just, like, I mean, I did even, like, a show in college where, like, someone gets shot in the chest and they go down. And I've seen the blood pack and I know how it works. So I was just, like, all right, fine. Uh-huh. Goodbye. And then um, then um, she shoots Ani. And that's when I lost my shit. Because she shot her in the head. And her eye went red. And then the back of her head in the wall did fucking splatter like fucking brain blood splatter. And then that's when I freaked the fuck out. And then she was on the floor, and all you just heard her was her ragged, dying breaths, like <gasps> yeah. <gasps> and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then when she bent over her and then popped her again, and then she w- it was silence. I, I was, I was freaking out. Well, like, that was the moment for me. What do you mean me? by freaking out? Like I was afraid. Like, I was genuinely afraid. I had this thing, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but the fact that violence is so... Anything, any strong content in theater, I think, language, violence, sex, um, anything like that, you know, any kind of strong uh, emotional a physical uh, uh, something on stage really is visceral, way more visceral than an action movie Uh because there are literally people on stage doing things. Mm -hmm. And you are literally in a room with other people doing things. And especially when the reality is as established as this play with like, you know, the real office set, the fluorescent lighting, it's just so stark. There's no cutaways. There's no cool action cut things. Mm -hmm. There's no music playing. There's none of that crap. You know it's just literally you're in a room and somebody just shot somebody, and it was done so well that it looked real enough that you could be like, "Oh my God, yeah, someone is dying in front of my eyes. You obviously know you're watching a play like duh, but it was just it's very it's way more visceral and way more impactful to me to see someone you know to see someone have their you know presumably their last dying breaths mm-hmm. um." Send that, send and and yet, and you just, you know, you, when you saw, you know, you know, just the pre before all the shooting, when you see like, you know, um intern miles like try to open one of the doors and it's locked, you know, and you see um Dean hiding under a desk and just like, please don't, don't mm. shoot me, and pleading for, you know, his life. I, I, I was, I, I mean, I thought the emotional stakes were so high that I felt very, very disturbed, far more disturbed than, like, I don't know, the scene in American Horror Story where, like, you know, <laughs> freaking Evan Peters is, like, shooting everybody. You know what I mean? So, I,
1: like, I... The horrific thing. I experienced pretty much everything that you did. Um, I I guess I, was, I lost some of it because I didn't see Ani die because I was uh, in the front row and I didn't see it.
0: I think, like, um, if you would have seen her... Because literally, you saw her blood splatter. Like, that's what got me. It was the eye, and it just looked like those terrible scenes. I'm, like, a total, like, baby. So, like, you know, whenever I see, like, someone, like, shoot themselves in a movie, or there's a headshot or something, I, like, I get very disturbed by it. So, to see that, like, on stage, that's the first time I've ever seen anything like it. I was like, oh
1: my God. Well, so, like, I experienced that with punk rock, and I was telling you about that. Like, uh, in punk rock, there's a school shooting, and I didn't even expect it at all in fact like there was there was like already a climax in the play like the oh. the kid who's like getting bullied like finally gets his like revenge and stuff and there's like a big like speech and you know like a big like bravado moment and uh, and you're like oh okay so now the play is gonna wind down right <laughs> and then and then um and then and then there's a shooting and that so it was like totally unexpected um it was so realistic, and I was, I was like, really terrified. And I think that was, like, I don't... Ugh, like, I'm going to remember forever how I felt because I was, like, scared. And I felt like if that gun had turned on the audience, like, I would have... I might have, like... Went running or something. That's kind of. I mean, that's what I felt. It so live. realistic. Gloria, yeah. I was like, yeah. "Bye!"
0: <laughs> like, I'm not gonna. am <laughs> not gonna risk it.
1: Yeah, it was so realistic. Um, Anyone, anyway, if someone knows, like, how they do the like such
0: realistic um, gunshots like No tell actually us. seriously like tweet us facebook us co- I, back, like that like and and if you want to g- still give me a martini that'd still be great but like I really <laughs> wanted to know so if anybody has an answer cuz like I mean cuz like I think maybe there was a like I think maybe she hit a blood pack to her face, but I didn't see it. I don't think so. I want to know. But, and hell. Hell, at least
1: in punk rock, like, there was none of that. Like, I don't know how they did it. Like, so, I, yeah. Cause I don't even thing, care like, about people how. People got shot in the head, people got shot, like, in the gut, and I'm just like, and, and I didn't visibly see anything
0: happen. Yeah, but, so if um, anybody knows, help a soul out. Because, I mean, I know how Black Swan... I know how Natalie Portman, <laughs> quote unquote, danced now, but I don't know how um, people get shot in the face in theater to so live.
1: It's it's interesting because it kind of like, and so I've had this like working theory about theater being uh, like different from film and TV because you know that you're watching a play and and there's so many limitations on. Working on the stage, right, mm-hmm. and like usually something like violence, right, would not doesn't really work on stage, because um, because before these like special effects, um, it was pretty fucking clear that you know like oh yeah that like sword retracts or that you know like that that uh, my, that's like a fake finger you know that's like <laughs>
0: one of my favorite moments is random sidebar when, when Sarah and I saw Oliver in London like two thousand nine or something and uh, uh, Bill Sykes kills Nancy Mm -hmm. and I guess they forgot about all the people in those bleed seats above because the way that they did it is that they did like you know a stage combat thing where he swung the weapon down to the floor directly to the left of the actress uh huh so, it's like, bam! And, you know, supposedly you know she's supposed to die from this killing blow. But, of course, we're up the buff, so I literally just see him just hit the ground. Bam! And I'm like, oh, come on! You're <laughs> yeah, killing but like, me! But, like... it's <laughs> so bad! So,
1: yeah, I mean, things like that, and, and you're usually not... Like, when you have scenes like that in theater, you have to, like, really suspend your imagination and be like, okay, like, yeah... I got it. Like, he jumped off a building and whatever, right? And it's, and usually, like, sometimes, like, comedies even, like, joke around with that. Right? Like, whatever. even, like,
0: Ever After, like, another samurai. It's just, like, I've seen so much bad stage combat. He's so, like, not oh, bad, yeah. just, like, it could be better. And, like, this, like, you know, there's a scene where, like, um, Danielle the boduoc, is, like, fighting um, the guy with, like, sword fighting. And she's supposed to be, like, a trained swords person. And she's supposed to know what she's doing. And they're, like, literally just flinging the weapons at each other. Like, like no, like, there's yeah. no grounding in the feet. Like, there's not, like, I, like, fence for, like, a couple months in college. Like, I don't, I'm not, i am and I only took, like, a couple of stage combat classes. I'm not, like, an expert mm-hmm. by any means. But I can clearly see that this person does not know how to wield a sword, and it looks ridiculous, and that there's no way that she could possibly, like, beat this guy in a fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's not that hard to just hire, like, someone and just be, like, Here's the choreography, you know, yeah. plie. She's clearly like a great mover and dancer. Like, yeah. stand your ground, parry. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not hard. It's yeah, not yeah. like, crazy. but this is like, I mean that, and I feel that's like not that, even, yeah, that should have been better. But <laughs> and this is not but, even like about like violence as like you know, like the way that we're talking about, like, like, like the quality of the choreography. It's yeah. also
1: just like in general, like there's you know, you have to be willing to like let go of some things whereas in film for like various reasons like partly because you know you're seeing things through a camera and because you know they like most movies can shoot on location or and then you know things are you're you're sort of involved more you're like um you're taking for granted that what you're seeing like is almost kind of like happening for real yeah um whereas in theater it's kind of like the opposite like you're you. You have to do more work on your part to um, yeah to really get involved in
0: the and actions. these things can be very like distracting. I mean, even like in the simple things like drinking on stage, oh, eating on stage, yeah, yeah. the faucet, all yeah. that crap. I mean, you know, it's just like it's yeah. so much harder to believe. And so if it, if it's hard for you to believe someone like literally sipping coffee shooting Mm -hmm. someone is going
1: to be a million times harder. But so, like, here, like, when I saw Punk Rock and also with Gloria, like, if you're, like, if you're having, it it almost, like, flipped that idea that I had on its head because then it's like, wait, no, you're, like, seeing something unravel on stage and it feels really fucking real. And not only does it feel real and look real, like, you're there. Like, you are, like, five feet away. And, like, if that actor is, you know, wielding a real gun, and if they, like, just happen to go insane, like,
0: you are you might die. <laughs> yeah, you I, you feel that potential of, you just feel a very real sense of danger that you're, like, I mean, you know, I watched Silence of the Lambs, and I was a little, like, paranoid that Hannibal Lecter was going to come after me, but, like, I wasn't in the room with Hannibal Lecter. Right. And Annie Hopkins isn't going to, like, you know, put on a leather mask and, like, kill me. Like, because... Uh-huh. I was watching a film. I was outside. The, I was outside of the box, right? I'm outside uh-huh. of the television box. Yeah. We were very much inside the box of the theater. Yeah. And there, and even though there is a fourth wall, there almost isn't because it was such a small space. Mm-hmm. We were very intimately connected with that, you know, connection of the character development and everything. So we were in that office. Yeah, and like Mar- I- much less of a voyeur than like film.
1: And I was even thinking of like um, of the Dark Knight Rises shooting in the Dark Knight Rises, in Aurora (laughs) yes and uh, and there was uh, and and there's the thing that like people thought it was really coming from the film yeah and so I I almost kind of like made that parallel like there there's something there's something really unnerving when like what's going on on screen or like on stage or whatever kind of like bleeds into the outside and I think that was also around the time that I saw Punk Rock and like that thought definitely went through my head, like, shit, like, like yeah. I was, like, I... Better watch out. And then after that, <laughs> play, like, after that play, I, like, walked out of the theater, like, like, the, the sunlight was almost kind of, like, this really weird thing. I don't know. It, like, I've never felt that way. So, but the, and then there's the other question of, like, whether or not this is just, like, for shock value or and like whether this like glorifies violence and whereas like a lot of movies you could make that argument um, that it does glorify violence or or that it makes the violence look cool in a way or desensitizes you to it Um, like I I think these like here Gloria and punk rock and and a couple of other shows I can think of like really don't like it's a whole nother feeling when you're there, like in fact, that you know, it's more like, like, damn, we gotta outlaw them guns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: more than anything. Um, it's not like you know, uh, I don't know. And, and but, I th- but I can't really point my
0: finger on like what exactly it is. You know what it is? I think it's
1: like the two.
0: I think it's um, almost because I think a lot of the criticism on violence is that. Violence on stage and graphic violence on stage is that, you know, it's not usually done. You know, ancient Greek theater was done off stage. Uh, it's, you know, it's divisive. And I think mm-hmm. because of the way that our society works is that that's why it does work. Hear me out. Okay. I think that the, the these this graphic and realistic hyper-representation of violence on stage is so... Beyond something that we ever experience, that it actually shocks us into action. It's almost very Brechtian, like boom, mm-hmm. in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this thing that like violates something they experience. Because usually, you go to theater, not to feel safe, but you know, it's kind of like a it's it's a community. Theater is community. Theater is uh, a bonding, an emotional connection to what you're seeing, and and seeing you know a violent people violently being slain Uh on stage, I think actually shocks our bodies and our minds and our emotions into like a call for action, into like a call for like feeling for once. Cause we're so inundated with stuff to like not feel anymore. Yeah. And that I mean like like I said, because of this and I think that's what does so well in that first act, you know, you set up following all these people, following their arc, and then they get, you know, violently for the most part violently killed. Um, and and you feel for this loss of life, and to follow the next two acts as you know, the survivors try to make sense of it all, and you know try to write their books and be successful, and watch you know mm-hmm. other people in their careers, and it's all it's all back to like the mundane, and back to just missing yeah. the point, having Starbucks, somewhere. having Starbucks, and having your like novel memoir being optioned for a TV show all that stuff it's like now you get the real disillusionment now you get the, the sense of injustice you get the sense of like malaise and, mm. and, and, and the cynicism now the real cynicism comes into play because you saw people die and that's when it really hits you
1: mm-hmm.
0: like really fucking hits you and I just think that's so valuable we just don't get that actually going back to Spring Awakening going like fucking back almost 10 years ago I was thinking about it and like, because we am thinking like other graphic things and the graphic sex in that. Play. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that like. That people... also shocked you into holy uh-huh. shit, because we talk about STDs all the time. We talk about the rise of oral sex all the time, teen pregnancy, teen moms, abstinence only education, condoms in, in schools and shit. We talk about that all the time. And then we actually have a play about 13, 14 year old kids and you see like like them having sex on a swing and you're like holy shit. Yeah. This is traumatic. This is a traumatic event for the children. This is a traumatic event for society that we can't, like, actively talk to our kids about sex. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just a very visceral thing.
1: Even after I, when I saw Spring Awakening, um, I saw it with a class and, like, afterwards. So did I because we went to the same school
0: technically. Kind of.
1: And we, and then, like, one of the questions that we talked about afterwards was, like, oh is the sex in this like just kind of for show like was it just like or you know was it really trite and like you know like for shock value or was it did it have greater meaning and like I I don't know what I thought at the time but like Probably something stupid. But, yeah, but I feel like kidding. that's kind of a stupid question in the end. Um, I mean, if yeah, you, it's if shocking. You see the
0: show, like, it's yeah. graphic and it's shocking. No matter what, these things are. Sh- I mean, they're gonna have a shock. And you know, the time that they don't, there's gonna like the time that like you know like every like Broadway revival like we're gonna do Assassins and there's gonna mm-hmm. be like <laughs> you're gonna see Lincoln really <laughs> like his head, ex- uh, you know, like and then you're gonna like cry. Like we're just gonna be used to it. You know, there's gonna be there's gonna be something else to really uh-huh. you know like i mean shit we're going let's go back let's mention it sarah talk about the hell around article,
1: article. <laughs> so there was a, yeah so there was a hell around article about uh, basically arguing that like um, the violence in in punk rock and gloria and a couple of other shows was um, just kind of for shock value and it, it desensitizes the audience and it yeah you know, it really didn't belong there and that like gloria could have functioned just as well without um, the workplace shooting. Wow. Uh, it could have just been like, oh, like you know, so like Gloria became a Hollywood celebrity, and here's my story of like my encounters with her, which is totally missing the point about like office culture and millennial culture and like um, and like the business world uh, and like all the comments that Brandon Jacob Jenkins is making about it uh that yeah totally missed that <laughs> but yeah so I think uh I, I think like that shooting like was a necessary culmination of like everything we had seen in that office at that point up to that point and you know it was just kind of like a physical manifestation of like those the tensions brutal yeah like the brutal way that they treated each other I mean even if they didn't go around shooting each other they were like Messing hardcore with each other's emotions
0: and
1: and livelihoods. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and and, yeah, I just disagree. And I think, like, you know, there are, I do think there are cases where violence is glorified and where sex is, you know, like, used. Just just for shock. Oh, totally. There is the,
0: there's, I mean. But this was not. There are tons of examples. Most of them are in those, like, really bad, like, (laughs) plays that you know, playing off-Broadway for, like, four weeks or whatever, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, or, like, or just something simple, like, you know, Naked Boys singing, you know, and like, oh. like, you know, like, something simple like that, like, you know what you're in for, and beginning, middle, and that's what you're in for, but I, I like to differ with that kind of stuff. I think that there is value in it, Um, and I think that it's it just—it was just really funny because the—the reason why the Howlround article made me laugh—and is because it, it, they were talking about like, well, you know, Greek plays didn't have violence, no. And I'm like, yeah, Greek plays also were boring. No offense. I just actually, no, and uh, or, or I not mean, boring, but like, let's look at it. The reason why I say it's boring is because instead of having the violence, the violence occurs off stage. Instead, you always have Messenger. Messenger BT dubs that you never see throughout the entire play. Uh-huh. He's always like some just random scared dude or scared chick who runs on stage in the last act and is like, Apollo and Zeus and blah, blah. And Oedipus, you know, took a spoon to his eyeball and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's all very sad. And, you know, and it's this really long, expositional monologue, and it's like, dude, long expositional monologues are like, as like, you know, that's a dated contrivance. We don't need that anymore. That's that's not how we receive theater anymore. You mm-hmm. know, Greek theater was very oral and natural. Um, mm-hmm. They had the masks that had these special, you know, mouth. You know, it was designed to produce sound so that you know the theaters were also built to amplify the sound so you could hear it. It was for it was the language was important to take in. Uh, very much in a listening way. That still happened through, you know, English Renaissance theater. You know, the visual components weren't as striking, you know. It it was the, the, the listening, you know, and you had the masks and you had like what the fuck? We also should like go back to the time that we're gonna also get like giant like wooden sandals so that the actors can be taller. And there can only be two characters on stage at a single time. And it can only be like a deuce ex Moxie, a giant structure where like you know you know Hephaestus comes in and saves the day. Like what yeah. the fuck? No, that's not how it's all plays operate. And the other point to the Greek um, thing because we always like oh Greeks Greek violence uh, Here's the thing, <laughs> all the productions of Greek I've only seen like three. So it's not like I'm like the biggest. Um, but I have a pretty decent sample size. I saw college production of The Oresteia. I saw a Greek uh, theater perform um, Electra in Greek with um, English oh, super titles. Uh-huh. That was cool. We need to have more of that come back to America. And then we—I uh, also saw um, the Bacchae at um, oh, Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I feel like that's a pretty decent sample size because it's all these like I random, the A lot, lot, lot of different things, right? In all those productions, violence happened on stage. We did not just have it off violence. There was always a very, like, disturbing scene where either the violence took place during dialogue, during spoken dialogue, or they took a moment to have, you know, music or whatever, and you saw, like... Like, I saw Electra like, fucking bathe in the blood of, like, her, like, Uh, like, slain mother and shit. You know what I mean? I saw, like, the torn head when, um... I forget who in the eye so and so, you know, like slays her son. You know, I saw, oh, yeah. you know, I saw shit go down. And I think for the most part, a lot of theater companies are going that route. I don't think we're going off the route that we're just going to have the violence offstage. I yeah. just don't believe that that's what's happening. Um, so yeah, that, and violence can be used for different reasons. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying and like,
1: a, a good director, I'm will not saying know like gay like, violence. What's the point
0: of it. I'm just saying yeah. like criticizing something without seeing the context of how it's used, yeah. like just like, I feel like a lot of the criticisms of the violence in the theater are just very general and not specific enough to the productions in which they're being used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're, you know, and they're pointing at productions that actually use it well. Yeah. To, to, to evoke yeah. something. Yeah. So it's just odd. It's yeah. just like, it just seems like. It just came like,
1: across as like old rackety man. Yeah. Being like, oh, this isn't the way that we did it before. This isn't the way
0: that we did it before. Or, oh, our those were always white.
1: Like, like, <laughs> shut up. Like, go away. Um but now I yeah you know, now that I'm thinking about our conversation it seems like
0: uh that and by no means so, am I saying playwrights throw violence I still think that the 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 use of uh, strong again violence uh violence cursing um smoking drug use anything like that uh, any any strong content is rape especially oh my god rape you, you, that mm. really needs to be Delicate. Yeah, that's basically what I'm talking about. <laughs> like stop that. Like no seriously, uh, it, you really need to like think like what what does this serve in in the story that I'm trying to tell? Uh what what, what you know, why do I want this character to be topless? Why? <laughs> you know, seriously like yeah. what what is what purpose does it serve? Because you know, sometimes I mean, I've seen hot actors and actresses take off their clothes and I'm like, well. 'Cause now I'm just <laughs> focusing on them being naked and I'm not really quite sure what it adds to the scene. And I've seen that happen before. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, you know, poor stage combat and just poor just why is this extended fight scene taking place if it's not good and if it doesn't like really push anything forward thematically or just why is the phantom throwing fireballs at Raoul? Well that's because it was the eighties and black <laughs> people were doing coke back then. <laughs> that's why That's why there are fireballs. But <laughs> like, like for seriously like, why is that happening? Why is that taking yes. place? I, that, that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I'm not saying that I want to see like mass shootings in every single off-Broadway play this summer. Oh, please, no. please, guys, yes. let's. Not do that. But, but yeah. I'm saying, like, let's look, like, let's look at why it's being used. Um, in what situations is it being used? Especially in plays that are set in a contemporary setting. Yeah. I think this is like such like a big issue that right. we are not addressing. Yeah, and especially if
1: you know, if all of us are like hearing about all these mass shootings going on around the world and around America, especially like. Um, yeah, and we're getting that information secondhand. We're like reading a news article, and and of course we're all like bringing it to it our agendas and stuff, and like oh yeah, this is why gun control shouldn't be you know a thing or should be a thing, and then but then it's totally different to like again be in a room and like see, see it happen happen, and
0: the resulting and the result of the rest of the sec- of the of the second act actually. Which unfortunately doesn't have the same emotional impact, and actually I'm not sure if it's supposed to, because what you get at the end of it. Well, I, I like
1: what you said about the malaise and like the weird, sick feeling that you get. You through just most feel sick. Of it. Yeah, you feel sick I at agree. the end. Yeah. I mean, sick. I think it could have been like a little shorter, but it was. A little shorter. It was...
0: I was feeling it toward the end, but I think with the, because of that, it, you had the sense of malaise, you had the sense of uh, disenchantment, and, and and that that comes from the fact that you saw a terrible thing happen, and you see all these people react to it and recover from it and try to make sense of it, and still you don't feel a sense of emotional connection resolution. And with the only exception is Lauren's character, and who it is he now? He's a fucking temp. Mm -hmm. He's a temp. He has nothing wrong with being a temp, but like compared to everyone else who just like. He you know flounder little, yeah it emotionally and, flounder and, and, and his, you get compensated for it and yeah. he's like just trying his best to be a, a whole person he's trying to connect to the IT guy and be like can I have a drink I just want to get to know who I work with yeah because god forbid they die the next day what does that feel like yeah. yeah it's a terrible thing so you really feel that disconnect and would you really feel that disconnect if you didn't see those people tragically die that's mm-hmm. a question I don't know
1: um, no but bringing it back to like my idea about like theater versus film and I feel like what I'm taking away right now is that like there's a lot of different things going on in like Gloria and punk rock where it's like there is that realism right where like you f- you're where you're supposed to feel like you're in the action and like everything feels natural and and realistic um, and then and then there's that moment at intermission or, you know, afterwards where you, like, kind of... So so. there's two very oppositional things going on, and they're kind of, like, in a balance. You have the realism, and then you have, like, the, like, Brechtian or whatever, like, distance,
0: that distance. You have a confrontation, basically. Yeah.
1: And both of those things are kind of, like, in opposition throughout your whole thing. And that's, yeah,
0: and that's just, like, a really... I mean, because the thing is, it's, it's not Heavy. even just like, it's not even <laughs> just about the issues. It's not like, oh, like, we need gun control. It's not also that you're taking out of the play. I think you're also just taking out of the play is the fact that you're getting confronted with the loss of life and how these characters react to it. And then you think, how do I approach my life? How do I approach the terrible things that happen on the news or happen to others or happen to people close to other to my life or happen to me? Mm-hmm. Is it all gonna just going to be like a little tweet yeah. or a little, like, you know, pithy 300-word blog post? Yeah. Like they did for, you know, The Dead Musician? Or is it something more? Can we make it something more? Can we really be, like, community mm-hmm. as we are when we see a play? Or is it all just bullshit? And we just buy our, like, you know, $11 wine glass and we go home. Mm. What are we yep. supposed to take away? Yep. Are we supposed to be better? Yeah. I don't know. I fucking love the show. It was deep as fuck. I just really got a lot <laughs> out of it. And, uh... Yeah. And it inspired a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, and there's,
1: me. like, there's stuff that we didn't even talk
0: about, but... Didn't even talk about it, but uh, that's okay. That's alright. Um... If yeah. you guys, like, you know, get us that martini, you can talk about Gloria more if you want. Yes. It can we... be in a bar. You know, like, you just buy us a drink. Mm. Buy us each drinks. We're not sharing a drink. Yeah, but email us first. Or uh... <laughs> Please don't, like, stalk us.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll make it easy. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it so easy for you <laughs> listeners. <laughs>
1: Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for, for today's episode. Uh, uh,
0: thank you so, so much for listening. Um, If you liked it, let us know. If you didn't like it, let us know. We'd love to hear um, any feedback. Yes. Um, our, we have our Facebook page, Letters from the Medzine, our website, Letters from com, and our Twitter thing. I always forget the uh, handle. l, l- Me- El mezzanine blog. Thank you. It was really hard to make a Twitter handle guys cuz like it's we have such a long name and then like Twitter was like too long, too long. I was like mm-hmm. I, I want to fit. Help me fit. Help me help you. So <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. our episode. Thank you for listening. Yay.
1: Bye. Oh, I'm totally going to play Gro- Gloria right now. Gloria. Gloria. Do do I go ahead and for a breakdown. So be careful not to show.